2: Hello and welcome to What Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights, Wembley edition, because that's right, we're the famous Northampton and we're going to Wembley. I'm Tom Reeds and I'm joined by the regular Wallach Motley crew. First up is a very happy Andy Bobfish, I should imagine, who predicted the 3-0 win. Hello, Andy. Oh, yeah, thanks for getting that in. Uh, saved me the trouble. Um, Yeah,
3: absolutely delighted. Just cannot believe what happened last night. Can't believe it.
2: It was one of those nights where everything just came together and i didn't expect it. i predicted a 2-1 defeat so you know fair, fair play for me for being pessimistic but um it was just a really overwhelming performance from Northampton, andy and well deserved in the end yeah well you just said it i mean everything came
3: together very rare uh when your own team you know all the stars aligned but it did last night i mean obviously yeah, Took about everything falling into place, it did from Cheltenham's side as well. I mean, Duff changed his striking partnership. That, that must have affected their whole prep. Um, and, I mean, he talked afterwards, didn't he, Duff, about, um, you know, we were bullied. I mean, I don't know whether he meant that sort of physically or just in terms of attitude. I mean, right from the get-go, everyone was... Um, was on it, weren't they? I mean, they had a game plan, changed it slightly, Hoskins came back in, we were an attacking threat, we all talked about how important an early goal was, it happened, and then everything fell into place after that. I mean, yeah, you could have won that match five, six, five six, couldn't they? I mean, some of the chances yeah. of this, it, it was ridiculous, yep. mate. It was a ridiculous, ridiculous match.
2: But it's great actually being the bullies instead of the bullied, so it was just great that we could impose ourselves. Martin Maloney's in on the um, podcasting, no doubt you're grinning from ear to ear, Martin, this morning. A bit yeah, ab-
1: ab- absolutely, very, very croaky and in between a couple of couple of work calls, but still, um, it it was night and day from from Thursday. You know, Thursday we were below par, we were a bit pedestrian. Cheltenham were at it, and it was just the total the total opposite. Cheltenham were definitely were were poor. They, I think bullied is probably the right thing just in terms of the intensity of the cobblers. But from start to finish, it was it was one-way traffic. You know, even our most optimistic, I think we'd you know, we'd have been predicting something different to that. But to just dominate a team
4: from start mm-hmm.
1: to finish and probably deserve, you know, five, six goals, you just don't expect that. Not against a side of that quality. I mean, that probably. Best performance I've I've seen under Keith Curl by some way and probably the best performance. There were some wonderful ones under Wilder because we had some great players. But in terms of the situation going into it and the pressure and the importance, it's it's one for the ages. I mean, Mansfield, we came back from two, but we couldn't hang on to it. Bristol Rovers, we were coming back home to go away in front of no fans and turning a performance like that. Wow, I mean, I can barely speak. I sank far too many beers around mate's house last night, and I'll do it all again.
2: So that's the way to do it, uh, Martin. Last but not least, we've got Ian Brandt back who's planning how he can socially distance his way up Wembley Way. Like, Ian, do you, do you reckon that we just overwhelmed Chattingham in the end? Um.
5: Last night um, shows that my I'm justified in my belief that there's only really two things that matter in life. That's England in major international tournaments and the Cobblers. They're the only important things that you need in life. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, you said going in, um, we needed John Gale, didn't you, Tom? We needed, some, we needed that, didn't we? We needed someone to, to bully it, someone to dominate, get in their heads and, and, and turn things around. And that's pretty much exactly what we did. I think um, it actually turned
2: out it actually turned out how Andy was describing it in terms of it being a bit like the, you know, the last group game in the in the World Cup where
5: we were saying that, Andy, with to the Cheltenham fan. Um obviously that'll be on the podcast later, but when you've got a very specific Andy. job to go in and do. So we went in, you know, the first leg it was feeling each other out, wasn't it? Yeah. Um after a long break. Going into the second game, we had a very specific job. We had to go there and score at least two goals and and not concede, um, just like the final um, stages of the group games in the World Cup, just like previous playoff semifinals that we've. Well, been it, in it's
3: ju- it, it's just a sort of it's a distilled version of everything you want, and it you know because it it's all it's just total knockout. The whole season comes down to that. You just said it there, Ian. You know, it's it's simple. Just go and win the game three 0 OK, yeah, we will. Um, I mean, you know, and it's the application, was not it? It was the application last night. Everyone just...
5: said... Kel, Kel said, not
3: like actually...
5: You. Well, Kel's actually said he showed him a, a do, the video, the yes. documentary, when Arsenal went to go to Liverpool yes. and win Million. in, it was 89. Um, it's that mindset, wasn't it? They Arsenal went there, they went to Anfield that day, and they had to get a result. They had to win 2-0 Cobblers are that pretty much that same task, although yep. you know, going to an empty, uh, an empty uh, Cheltenham Stadium, is it's more is difficult.
3: A bit, bit difficult, you know, it's more difficult than going to your Anfield, you know, on the last day of the season in front of a packed house. Mate, i tell you.
2: There was a Cobblers link actually in that Arsenal game because uh, Theo Foley, the mm. old Cobblers player and manager, the assistant for George Graham's assistant then, so there's a little bit of an Northampton link with that game. But I just felt that. The spine was really strong for Northampton. So McCormack in the middle there was pulling the strings yep. and back to his absolute vicious best. He is just like an attack dog in the middle there. But also with a little bit of Elan and Finesse as well, With his just, he just passes well, so he... intelligently all the time. Yeah, and the
3: crossing. I mean, that cross from Adams for the first goal. Yes. And, and I mean, Good's cross as well for the one that Oliver missed. I mean, anywhere on target that goes in. Just every little element, you know, was a massive tick at the at the top of the column, wasn't it? Every little battle that yeah. needed to be won was won. And everything I mean, obviously, you know, those early crosses, just look for Oliver. You know, the the, the delivery from Out wide was was absolutely outstanding last night. I was I was thinking well, very much just...
1: the first few minutes. Um obviously it was a, a better shape with having a left winger and a right a right winger. You know, that's if you're a big centre forward, you you you're looking forward to it, then it's hard. It's hard defence. I wonder if they were able to isolate Adams a little when there wasn't really an attacking threat down the other side. But right from the first couple of minutes, I thought Oliver was—he was so strong. He was—he yeah. was on top of the defence, and Morton just seemed much more lively. You know, we—it seemed they defended a bit deeper. Um, there was a lot of play it was around kind of the edge of their box to twenty yards out. Now, whether that's they've set up differently because of our shape. But it meant the forwards weren't as isolated, and then you know Morton was just even when he wasn't getting the ball, you just see his movement was fantastic. Mm. It was always a feeling, hello, you know, we you know we're not going to go down quite because I think my big fear was you know a, a really passive you know gi- give up on it performance, and I was like, if we go out, yeah. we had a right good go, you know, full cre- full credit to them because we give ourselves such a hill to climb, but it was the intent from the from the off, and it just never stopped. It never stopped. Mm. People ran themselves into the ground. I think a few people in the team came out. I was walking, walking down the eight house, Just the team came out, and Oli, he left Oli Inca out. But I was like, well, okay, you've got to leave one of the midfielders out if you're going to do something something different. But it could not have come together any better. And I I thought that Oliver performance. um, It's a bit like you know, without stereotyping big black strikers. It reminded me of the, of the John
3: Gale performance against Bristol Rovers, you know, just bullying. I, the, I couldn't agree more. That's exactly the way I looked at it, that performance from Oliver. Totally right, in my opinion, that Martin. Brilliant performance. Yeah.
1: he is. I, I say, I think he's an unsung hit. I Yeah, he'll be getting, I mean, I don't know if we had a vote for player of the year this year. He'll be He'll be getting <laughs> mine,
2: purely because yeah. he doesn't seem to get the plaudits that yeah. more spectacular players do. He's a very accomplished target man. And I just liked that first goal. I'm not a fan of the Route 1 football, really. But I can appreciate a good Route 1 goal. And the ball in was, like you said, before, pinpoint from Adams. But it's just um, Oliver's movement to get himself in position. He sort of drifted away from the defender and just planted that really strong header into the goal. And for me... Uh, archetypal target man performance. Monitor, yeah, exactly. Prob- probably one you could go and play at League One and still do that job. Maybe even higher. He's he's a player of quality, and that's all credit to Kerl for bringing quality into the sides And then you put well, him a- exactly. And then you know the little
3: the, the poacher that all of a sudden we've got in in Morton. You know, mm. um, I mean, just that that combination. I mean, everything. I mean, toes to- and just all the other little bits that, that happened as well that just fell into place with the way, you know, Cobblers panicked that Cheltenham team. I mean, the, yeah. you know, that ridiculous second goal, <laughs> the ball just hits Toza's head, you know, real, real non-entity sort of intervention in the area. They just didn't know what had hit them. Um, you know, I mean, McCormack in the middle of the park kept room off the ball didn't he um
2: and, and ran
1: was it honest, wasn't he really
2: compared to Jeez, the, it was the nothing, nothing there right then let's talk to Cheltenham town fan Owen Knight night about last night commiserations are in bit of a tough one to take i should imagine
4: yeah very sore this morning uh, i think it's worth a disclaimer if any <laughs> any of what i say sounds slightly bitter i'm still in the very uh the devastation stage. I'm trying to piece my thoughts together. And I think just before I start talking, I think Northampton were full full value for their win. Just trying to piece together where it went wrong for us.
2: It was a strange one actually because in the first level I thought you were full value. And then we talked beforehand about what Northampton had to do to to get back in the tie. And I think they did it to an absolute T. We threw everything at you, but it didn't give you a second uh, minute space or anything. And we just played with that aggression that we're used to seeing at points of season, don't you reckon, Ian?
5: Absolutely. I mean we had to get that early goal and we did it. Eight eight minutes. Yeah. First goal. Um we were very solid at the back. Just just like we we had to do that, didn't we? We had to throw everything at them and, and we really did. But we also, you know, defended well at the other end. Um I don't know. I think Cheltenham just looked shell shocked. The whole, yeah, the whole really. I mean, I think the manager said to me they didn't start playing until they were three nil down.
2: It was funny that when we were doing the preview podcast, I said actually sometimes if you're two nil down, it gives you something to chase, and that's sort of how it turned out. We needed to. We need. We knew exactly what we needed to do, and that goal needed to come in the first 10 minutes and it came via oliver but i think cheltenham because they were two new ahead it was a bit uneasy for them. and i wasn't sure that duff made the the right choices in his starting lineup especially up front i didn't think the ball stuck very well um john T. smith didn't really do much he did quite good as a cameo role um Irwin. do you reckon duff got his starting 11 right
4: uh, yeah, I think that would be a fair reflection. I think that's what I'm starting to take from it. I think just going back to the going into it with the 2-0 lead, I think it was well-recorded. And, I mean, even the, the people on Sky Sports were saying 2-0 isn't – as much as it's a nice scoreline, obviously I'd rather have been 2-0 up going into that. It's still a dangerous scoreline. But, I mean, we were aware of that. But we, all this season we've had faith in 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 our defence and uh, so on and in the team that they've, they've got the right mentality. Um I think going in, even in that first leg when we saw the team sheet, for some reason we were all saying, "Oh yeah, it'll be Smith and May in the next in the next leg." I think just from a fitness point of view, but I didn't, I don't get this fitness talk because not other teams have made the changes, but they haven't had to make changes for fitness sake unless it's an injury. So not starting Nichols and Reed, it just it just didn't add up for me. Um, I think no. that is a catalyst possibly as to why. That's, I think that for me that start that started it that started it. there was no reason for it you think
5: you had one eye on the final were I
4: um you know, I think without a doubt you do like our fans were high we were high in our aspirations and we felt like we had one leg in the final. But like I said, that goes down to the faith we've had in this team all season. We've not conceded more than two goals in a game. I, I, I can't recall conceding more than two goals in a game all season, especially at home. I mean, I did say in the in the in the podcast last like this thing, this whole thing since we've come back to behind closed doors, the home advantage hasn't really been seen. But I still, it it doesn't excuse the, that capitulation last night. I just think, Northampton were in a completely different game all game, and I just. Think we couldn't find another gear we were coasting the game the whole time and obviously like I said we didn't turn up till
2: 3-0 I don't think it was actually a capitulation because sometimes I just think you've got to accept that the, the opposition team haven't let you play your game so it might seem like a capitulation in terms of the score scoreline 3-0 but I just don't think we gave you an inch we pressed so heavily throughout the game in fact it was a I'll call an extraordinary physical performance from Northampton in terms of right until the last minute, not giving you an inch, not making it comfortable for you. We definitely got in your in your heads and mm-hmm. made you panic a little bit. And so I, I think it's probably quite easy to think, oh, you know, they've they thrown that game away. But I think you can also be quite proud that you've done really well this season. You played your football. And I just think the better team won the night and the better physical performance.
4: Yeah, I would say so. I think you look to, in terms of why I say it was a capitulation, the first goal was full value for the first goal, and obviously you pressed us all game. The sh- amount of shots you had was just, but we we were the we we started our downfall with the goals we conceded. You got Ben Tozy; he's in his own six yard box. All right, he's maybe off balance, but he's headed it back into his own six yard box, and it's come off Morton. And that second goal, Will Boyle, is just not looking around him. He's expecting the keeper to come around him. Your your goals come from individual mistakes. Personally, I mean we still weren't great, you still had plenty of shots, but I can't remember Owen Evans being tested as much as he was in the first leg, having to make as many match-winning saves or whatnot, given the amount of shots you had. I, I just, I mean, we didn't test you at all, but I don't feel like we were, our keeper was tested enough for the amount of shots you had. I feel it was all more our own downfall by individuals.
2: And what do you reckon? Do you reckon there was, an, I think there was a mental element to it. I think that we yeah. overwhelmed Cheltenham and we saw it back in Bristol Rovers, not in ninety eight, that sometimes when you're just up against it, you, you don't make sensible decisions. And Ben Tozer has been highly reliable all season for Cheltenham. And you know, maybe he his mindset wasn't in the right place because of just how it was things were going. We were turning the screw and then foil for the the last mistake. You know, that wasn't characteristic of him. And Ian, don't you think that cobblers were just, we just got got in their headspace, I think.
5: Andy said it on our on our podcast the other the other day that um the playoff games remind him of that last final phase group games in the world cup because teams yeah. go into the games needing a specific result don't they to go through to the next round so cobbler's went into that game knowing they had to score two or three goals so they had a very specific game plan no other team's gone to cheltenham this season having to score more than one goal have they in a league game you go there and you think, well, we'll try and get a result, you know, and see what happens. A bit like the first leg, wasn't it? It was very much feeling each other out, see what happens. This game, Cobblers have gone into that game knowing exactly what they have to do. Um, Curl said he actually got them to watch that that uh, documentary about when Arsenal had to win the league back in the late 80s when they needed to um, win at Anfield 2-0. You know, they had to go into that game with a very specific game plan. And and that's what the cobblers did yesterday, and and you know they have had to throw everything at it. It's funny as well. I think another another thing. I think someone said. I think it was you, Tom. Um, Toza has got a mistake in him. Um, yeah, most players at this level have. You put people under that much pressure, they are going to make mistakes occasionally. It's that's yeah. that's just the way it is. So yeah, I mean they were they were forced errors, if you know if you want to use tennis terms, because you know we just threw so much at them. I think. I mean, we were direct, but um, I mean, Oliver Morton, Oliver won every header, didn't he? No mm-hmm. game, and Morton just didn't stop running the entire game. He just chased every single lost cause. I mean, he, he he could have had another, and and he and he should have squared that other one. I was thinking when it when it was three 0 I was thinking, oh, are we going to rue that? Um, are we gonna rue those two chances? You know, the one he should have squared to it is was Harriman, wasn't it? And there was another one where he should have um where he had all 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 day and he and he took ages and he and he skied it. So, you know, I think they went we went there with a job and and we just had to do it. Cheltenham have gone into a game 2-0, they're probably thinking, Yeah, one eye on the final, let's just get through this, let's not get anyone injured, let's let's see it out. Soon as that first goal went in, it, it was game on.
2: What do you reckon, Owen? Do you, do you agree with
4: it, that? It was, but, uh... I think it was it was straight straight away. You are not you're looking to not concede early. I was I was speaking to people at work before the game. I was, I was kind of like, you just wanted to take a ball and nil nil, like just just kill them off. Just don't let them get anything. But I just feel like every single role from our players switch from the first leg. Switched on to your players. Every player yeah. of yours was a seven, eight, nine out of ten. Your midfield, McCormack, was just every ball he got in that midfield, he absolutely dictated that midfield. Connor Thomas turned into the Connor Thomas we added two seasons ago. He couldn't get on the ball. Jake Doyle Hayes just was not in the game. Bream, he he come off. I probably didn't agree with that decision, but again, he wasn't being allowed to play his game. We went, we went so direct. All our every time we got the ball, we tried to hoof it, and it's just so like this is what we do. We play football on the floor. We just we seem to get away from everything which had got us to this position, and we decided to have our one-off night on the probably the, the biggest the biggest night of them all this season. Unfortunately,
2: Duff, for me. I, I think he got his tactics. I wouldn't say he got them wrong because what he his tactics were perfectly standard and barely matched up to ours. But I I reckon he should have gone either four four two. Yeah. try to pin our pin our wing backs back because yeah people like Adams. Problem with Adams is he'll put across him from you know 20 yards, he'll put him in from anywhere. So he's a bit he's difficult to defend, but you've got to get him pinned back in the game. So if you would have gone with a probably fairly standard four four-two, um put get got the balls to the wingers, got down the channels and pinned us back, it would have given us far less impetus into the game. And maybe Duff was slightly overconfident in just being a slightly better team on the deck and being able to just play it around us. And like you say, people like McCormack from the first game when he, he was completely nondescript and wasn't even in it. He, he found a foothold and did this good stuff that McCormack does. He really intelligent passing. Um, I think also think that Hoskins presence on the pitch yeah, for some reason seems to make us play it on the deck a little bit more, or at least yeah. mix it up a little bit more. And he, like I said in the previous um, preview podcast, he, he uh, invented a lot of pressure and carried the ball really well. And that, that helped us sort, of, sort of surge onto you. So, like you said, with were harassed in the in the second leg and Duff didn't seem to have too much of an answer.
4: I so, don't know like, whether like, it too. comes down to when you, when you see the opposite, opposite sides of the dugout. Obviously, this is Duff's first full season in charge. That, yeah. I think yeah. that experience, towers massively compared to somebody like Curl. He managed that so much better, that disappointment at the first leg. Duff should have changed that so much earlier on in that game. Adams was getting so many times, so many opportunities to cut in. Long was, I mean, the whole defence had a, a a calamity, but Long just could not handle uh, Adams. And I said that going into the whole playoff campaign. He would be our weakness if we can't control Adams. But, I mean, yeah, your whole team were full Valley, they were They were class. Absolutely brilliant.
2: I reckon like I said, four four two, you'd had a better chance in Hunting Adams. you sort of an overlapping winger and a defender. You can double up sometimes and just yeah, I think you what you're right about the wiliness of Keith Kerr and the sort of naivety somewhat of, of Duff. But yeah. um, but cobblers had a really strong spine, I thought I think that was really the most important part for us. We had Charlie Goody, who was solid and actually set up a goal at the back he was, very, he was very good I thought and then McCormack through the middle and then um, Oliver up front and that just provided that that basis for us to uh, be confident going forwards and I think your spine probably wasn't as strong and also you were forced into making changes like Duff was throwing the dice, took off Broom and the yes, Villaloni
4: Oh and Jake Doleys yeah
2: Yeah and when, they, when them, they, them two came off I was thinking he's panicking a bit here, he's struggling and then funnily enough before the game started, everyone was hammering Keith Car for not playing Ole Yinka. seriously. Everyone yeah, was now so I can yeah. and then Carl, to his credit, was able to bring on Ole Inka with you know ten, twenty minutes to go, and that is a really strong sub to be able to make at that point. And yeah yeah, tactically we 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 won the day as well as the actual uh, match too.
4: I think with um, I think I probably would have taken. Doyle Hayes was the right sub to make because he just wasn't in the game. Ince was a good player to bring on because actually he, he was he was probably the only right sub Duff made. But you could have brought on Chris Clements for Thomas because Clements will dictate the midfield as well. He can play it at his own pace. Um, yeah. So it's 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 difficult. It's difficult looking back on it. You change so many things, but I just think the substitutions and the tactics we we did get it wrong, and we we took too long to change to a four four at the back.
2: Uh, Ian, what do you reckon in terms of who would you say Northampton's best player on the day was? Morton must be a standout, but there's a few, were not there?
5: Yeah, I mean, Morton's going to get the headlines because of the goals and um, that, you know, like I said, Oliver won every header, got that Got that first goal. McCormack, as we said already, dictated it. Hoskins did his usual thing of just running non-stop. The defence was solid. Adams was, was uh, back to his best, just it's all over the pitch, wasn't it? Like like Owen said, they were all, they were all sevens, weren't they? I uh, think I think um,
2: I think, um actually, uh, just just a little bit of a shout out to uh, Michael Harriman, who I sort of suggested was a bit of a bog standard fallback in the the preview. And he, to be fair, he, he set up the last goal with his strong pressing right up the pitch, and he was actually quite good. I'm still not sure. Convinced he's 100% a hundred percent a wing back, but you know, give give Harry credit. I thought he was very good too. What about you, Owen? What good. about for? Cheltenham? Who go. would you say Cheltenham? Yeah, who do you reckon Cheltenham's best and worst players were on the day, Owen? Oh God,
4: um, I, I I honestly, as it's, this pains me to say, I I couldn't pick a best player on that pitch. Um, mm. Just just because it was. We, we didn't really offer anything. We didn't play our game. We weren't allowed to play our game due to the way Northampton played. If anyone... God, that is such a difficult one because, I mean, Evans was a starlet in the first leg, but again, he, I didn't feel he had many saves to make. Um, I, I thought Broom was our only person who looked lively before he came off. He was the only player trying to play our game and then came off. Um, worst worst player is another difficult one because... May didn't get any service, but again every ball we were trying to play was a hoof ball. He he was really disappointing. He had a couple of chances at the end, but again wasn't really good enough. Um I I could pick so many, I could honestly. Um I think Connor Thomas was a massive disappointment as well. He like he his passing has improved so much this season, he just seemed to completely go back like five steps into giving away the ball to midfield. But again, it, it goes back to credit to your midfield. They were breaking everything up, they weren't giving us a moment to they weren't dwelling on anything and they were just in a complete different gear all game. I
2: guess the sad thing is that I'm not sure what players of yours are still going to be in contract even today, as of today, and, and what and whether this your team's gonna be kept together because it hasn't been a really good season. On paper you finished six points ahead of us, I think. So that suggests, you know, a stronger team over the course of the season. And do you reckon this team's going to stick together and keep the manager, or do you reckon it could be broken up by the start? Of
4: the season? Um, I think we've we've got uh, we were discussing this earlier because our retain list will come out today. We have got um I think we've got about six players out of contract, And not actually big players. I think quite a few have triggered extensions in their clauses. Um, I think Varney will poss- probably be off his contracts out up at the end of the season. John T. Smith, I can't see that being extended. I think the the big one is maybe Rowan Ince. He's he's out of contract. I don't know whether we'll be able to tie him down to another deal. Um, and he hasn't played enough to, to really be worthy of another deal. And the other one is our goalkeeper, East Lovett. He's a subkeeper He doesn't get game time. And Josh De Bay, the, lef- uh, the left wing back backup. He might get a contract. He's a good backup. Uh, Clements is the other one. I don't think he'll get a contract. I think the one we got to worry about now is Broom he'll he'll get interest from League One like he has the last couple of seasons. It won't take as much money as probably he was worth earlier in the season. I think also given the current financial climate, but I think we've got to try... He's the one we've got to try and keep hold of. But there's there's going to be changes, but there's got six or seven players and our loans to go back, Um, which our loans have been massive this season.
2: You've got to keep hold of the gaffer. Oh, without a as, we as we were talking... The, on the previous podcast, uh, Martin Maloney made a good point that because of the financial crisis, my managers, not just players, are going to be available for less than you thought. So the, the compensation isn't going to be uh, as much because just clubs are fairly desperate for as much cash as they can. So if someone comes in, God forbid for you guys, with you know a fairly strong financial package and compensation for Duff, he might. I think he's the crucial one to build for next season. You've got to keep that gaffer in there.
4: Without a doubt, I think, I mean, God, uh, Luton had the same problem with uh, Nathan Jones when he said he'd only go to Barcelona and obviously he went to Stoke. But um, <laughs> I think the only club Duff would probably go to now and the only team, uh, the only fans which would be really interested in him, everybody sees him. I, I know this is might sound really far-fetched, but Burnley fans see him as their next manager. You go into their forums and they they are aware of what he's done. He's worked under Dyche for so long. He did all his coaching under Dyche and he, he relies on Dyche massively. I mean, I don't think Burnley aren't in any problems with relegation, but I think that would be the only team who he, he could possibly go in for him. I mean, obviously, if championship clubs might come in for him, but it all depends on the manager merry-go-round which happens. But I he's tied down. I think he's got another two or three years left on his contract. It takes some compensation to get him. And I, I think he knows deep down that we can... We can go again next season. we just got to lick our wounds and sort of reassess and just get over this. I mean, it might be a tough season next season, but we're definitely building on something. He's a great manager.
2: Exactly. And just continue, keep doing what you're doing. There was there's a lot of respect for um, Chilton, the, man, the manager from the Phantom fans, especially how magnanimous he was in defeat, just saying that we were the better team on the day. And he, could, he didn't really try and make any excuses. He just answered... Questions with Australia, but we were the better team. So, fair play to him for that. And we were talking previously about whoever wins the tie is going to have a good crack at winning it completely. And, you know, hopefully now we can go on and get the job done because we've beaten Exeter. We've lost one, one, one this season, but we have beaten them 2 nil. So, we can, Ian, do you reckon we can go on and do it now? I reckon we probably might even be sort of slight favourites for that game now in the final. Strange, strange things.
5: I hope so. Um, someone was saying earlier on social media one of the Cobblers fans looking at our previous um, Wembley performances. They've all been terrible games. <laughs> you know, for, first time <laughs> yeah. we went, everyone remembers the occasion because you know the, the way we won. But the year after, when we lost and and when we uh, when we lost three 0 to to Bradford, um, I think we're overdue to, to go to Wembley and actually have some success.
2: I reckon actually watching that game. Do you know when you go to Wembley, it's usually a massive occasion. You know, lot of fans, a big massive occasion. This this time it's going to be a quiet occasion in an empty Wembley, yeah. just a few media people and stuff. So that might mean that Carl can say to the lads, "Right, just just replicate that performance against Cheltenham. You've got no noise from the crowd. You've got no real distractions. If you go out and nail that performance, we can be an Exeter side, which is, I would say, a little bit more." Not powder puff, but slightly more lightweight than us, and slightly more technical. So, I reckon we've got every chance now. And going from thinking we probably would lose against Cheltenham to think we can beat Exeter—that's that's crazy, isn't it? Owen, don't you think? Uh,
4: yeah, I'd, I probably would put you as favourites against Exeter. I watched the game, and they've also played another thirty minutes on top of you. Um, I think it would be a really good game. I think whoever was going to go through out of us, it would it would be a tight game against Exeter. Um, I just love seeing Exeter bottle playoffs every season. So it'd just be brilliant to see them do it again. Uh, and I think <laughs> I think if, if you were to go up, I, I, again, you'd be full value for it. I don't. I, this, you've got a good squad. You've got a, a healthy squad. Uh, they know what they're doing. They know all their roles. You've got a good manager there. And um, it's going to be, yeah, it'll be a really interesting game. And as, as sad as I'll be on the day, I'll be looking forward to it, actually.
2: Yeah, that's uh, sort of a really um, quite a you know nice way of wrapping things up. And would you you know fair play to um, Cheltenham for you know putting in a, a good strong showing overall. It didn't quite go for you guys on in the second leg, but a really a really strong season. You, you lot could hold your heads held high. You, it's good to sort of been engaging with your fans a lot and that, and been a good bunch. So. You know, hopefully we won't see you next season, but we'll see you soon. So
5: take care. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure our paths will cross again because teams yeah. like us, we're, like, <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, we're often definitely. in the same league. You know, we have our ups and downs, but you know, I'm sure we'll be playing each other before long. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, actually, hopefully in League One, both of us. But um, take care, guys, and I'll speak to you both soon. Take
4: care. All right, all the best, cheers, boys.
2: Okay. Yeah, take it easy. Right, bye bye. Yeah, I think I think Duff got his tactics slightly wrong. I think he got his starting 11 wrong. Slightly too many changes. I think starting John Tay Smith, as we said to the Cheltenham fan, was a bit of a mistake. He yeah. He's a good sort of, um, what I'd call fairly languid runner with the ball. But the ball just didn't stick up front for Cheltenham. Cobblers crowded out, people like Broome, um, who is actually an accomplished player. But... We didn't. We didn't give him a second. I I'd like to see the heat map for the game in terms of the pressing and yeah. stuff. I reckon there was probably an extraordinary pressing performance there, which which is not a normal level of pressing. There was, Gegen pressing extreme Uber Uber, yeah. Liverpool pressing going on that, and in fact I like to see the amount of miles certain people run, especially like Morton, because I I just think we put in a once a season performance there. It wasn't I agree. An average. Totally performance agree with there.
3: that.
2: It was a. Uh, it was one. We will be able to replicate that week after week. No, but in a playoff scenario where your back's against the wall, they've come out fighting and they've they've left nothing on the pitch, and that is exactly what we called for, wasn't it, just before the game? So, well, yeah. it, that, a
1: question it's, there, Tom, is not so much can we repeat it week after week? Can we repeat it on Monday? You know, it's the intense yeah, They've got a week off, yeah. but against yeah. the footballing side, it's you know can. Can we go again? Because I, I think, we talked about more. You know whether Oliver could play a league, a league higher. I'd imagine West Brom aren't going to want to loan Morton out in League Two. I think he's proved oh. himself at League Two. Yep. So if we go up, you know, if we if we if we're successful, I think it's more realistic that we might see um, Morton back here because I don't think West Brom would be well advised to stick him to League Two again. I think he's shown what he, he's showed he can do yeah. it at that.
2: My one worry with Morton is I think posh are looking to find a replacement for Ivan Tony now posh are the sort of club that will splash the cash to speculate to accumulate so it would not surprise me whatsoever if Darren McAntony has seen that or Barry Fry has seen that performance tr- going to sell Tony for a fair whack and then think right we'll put in a you know a million pound bid for Morton who's probably worth more going forward so that would be my, my worry that if, if Cobblers would ever get him back now that is my first worry but now I'm going regretting back. calling him the new Tony Adcock because that's exactly yes. what <laughs> Exactly. And the posh are always there sniffing about, you know. If we've got any sort of thing going on, they'll be they'll be onto it. mate,
3: just it. enjoy <laughs> it. Just enjoy it for the time yeah. being. Please. Yeah, true. Just enjoy just it.
2: But um going back to what he uh, Martin was saying about can we replicate it? At Wembley. I think we can, we can because there is a fair time off now and um, Keith can just say to the guys, look, Exeter are a, a fairly lightweight side, very technical, um, a nice little side, but we've beaten them once, beaten them at 2-0 at home, and if we go out and replicate that performance at, Wem- at Wembley, we've got a hell of a chance to beat them, I think. So I'm, I'm very confident. What about you guys?
1: I'd, I'd, be, I'd be with you. I, I think yeah. we're on the front foot now. They've had Extra had a really tough time getting, getting through um, very well matched with, with Cole. Yu. Um, you know, it's, it's 90 minutes, you know, 90 minutes or 120 minutes. We've bought ourselves, you know, we bought ourselves a ticket that we probably didn't think 24 hours ago we'd have. And we're going to be going in with such belief because to destroy a side like, like we did and make no mistake, you know, that, when people are saying it could have been five or six, it really could have been. You know, we missed so many chances. We, the guys, will be on fire, and it will almost be. I think with curl, just calming them down a bit, and then just timing almost the emotional thing to have them ready to let let them go on Monday evening. Is it, it the game? Is Monday evening, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a late it. kickoff, isn't it? It's it's an eight it's seven forty-five or an eight o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. Evening. Is
2: it a bank holiday on Monday?
3: It is in uh, this house.
2: Work laptop now. I didn't think it was, but <laughs> so uh, Ian, what do you reckon? Do you reckon we got a, we got a good chance of winning it now because we 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 put the part to an extent. Last
5: night. If last night doesn't give them belief, you know, then what will? We've (laughs) gone in there, done an absolute amazing job. I mean, Northampton was trending on Twitter this morning. Um, I saw a lot of neutral fans all over Twitter saying, stop watching that Man City game, Um, change channel to to, to, to League 2 playoff game. Um, Just fans from loads of different clubs saying, wow, I hope Northampton go on to win it. What a performance. Um, First, They've achieved something there that they they really have. Um, why not? Why why not go to Wembley and do it? Like you said, Tom earlier, um, they're going to be playing at an empty Wembley in a way. I think the pressure's off.
2: Yeah, that's true. Andy, what about you?
3: Very uh, little to add to that, really. Um, another cup final. I mean, I've just slated you for your cynicism, but I'm going to do exactly the same by saying you know the exact same sentiments would have. Uh, you know, would have been conveyed, uh, you know, between Bristol Rovers leg two and Wembley, and we all know that that day fell rather flat. But, but after last night, I mean, you know, why not? Why not? It's another Cup final. Look what they did last <laughs> night. You know, they they, they 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 were applied right from minute one to the end. You yeah. know that I mean, people were. You would have seen the comments as well. Marks out of ten. Well, you know, everyone. That's it. Was yeah. that sort of performance, wasn't it? It really won't give a couple of them eleven, you know. While you're at it, it was that sort of performance. Can it be replicated again within a week? Why not? Why
5: yeah. not? I mean, the thing is for me, it doesn't. I like we're in the we're in the grip of a worldwide pandemic, and it just goes to show how important football and sport. Well, that was yeah. an empty stadium game, but you know did that bother you when you were watching that game last night? I just That I, is a brilliant it, point,
3: Ian, honestly, mate. That is a that is a that is a great point about
5: you how know, it transcends. It's funny, you know. it's funny though as well because um Calderwood was um was the Radio Northampton commentator for that game because obviously they had him there because of the, the the memories of the Mansfield game. Mansfield,
3: yeah.
5: When when Curl was um when Curl was manager for Mansfield that night. And they were saying as well on BBC Sport this morning, the last time this happened, the last time there was a turnaround like that was that game we were talking about the other day, the Yeovil um, the Forest um, uh, semi-final, when, uh, when, Yo- when Yovel turned it around. And the managers for that game were Gary Johnson and uh, Calderwood as well. Um, yeah, friendly.
3: that's a but that's a great little start. That, people, it?
5: people people talk about that like that Yeovil Forest game, and that was that was 2007, and people still remember that. I mean, they showed that yeah. on Sky Sports the other day, um, just as you know, something to fill the time. So, do you think the next worldwide pandemic in in 2033, <laughs> they'll be showing Cheltenham uh, v Northampton from from 2020? <laughs> We'll, to. but we will all remember it we will all remember it you know people still talk about that Mansfield game I mean, we actually lost that yeah.
2: game we talk about yeah. that amazing comeback no, no, you're right.
3: And that'll be their glorious days when there were at least players on the pitch your game in 2033 will be holograms won't it in the middle of the next pandemic and
5: people you know we still talk about that Bristol Rovers game we were talking about it loads lately and, and everyone remembers it and, and we went on to lose the next game but yeah. I don't know it just doesn't really matter does it because last night really? game was so special and, it, and it, it's times like that you think, well, that's, this is why I bother being a Cobblers fan. Yeah.
2: At least as well, we won't have to watch that bloody Cobblers-Bradford play final oh. on Sky Sports all the time. At least that will be hopefully banished to the uh, Room 101. Yeah. But I think what what happened last night as well, I think it's put to bed the debate about whether to give Curl a new contract because even me, me, who's, you know, not a great fan of the football generally, but He's, he's got us to Wembley now if he gets a new contract last contract night was fun wasn't it
5: no, no one's complaining about the football last night <laughs> and yeah I, and I, I mean I'd say we were direct last night every time the ball came into our like you know they were they were um, they were. it was going down the other end I mean it, it wasn't all over the top it was things for, for
2: Morton to run on to it was, it was mixed it was mixed it was a lot more mixed and I, I've noticed a couple of people saying you know people having to go at the style of play blah 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 what are they talking now but that like I said, that was an extraordinary performance. They're not going to put that performance in every week. That was what
5: I do, what I do was, worry about, um, Tom, when you when you were saying about that Bradford final, obviously Bradford yeah. had gone to Wembley that season already, hadn't they, and lost yeah. in the league final. They didn't want to lose again. Exeter, um, how many times have they um failed in the playoffs? Are they are they gonna go into that determined not to lose another playoff um opportunity that's that's one of my worries but it, again it's an unusual times unprecedented times it's an empty stadium so you know it depends of- on
2: if we can if we can if we can make that Wembley pitch small if we can close close them down and do what we did to Cheltenham we've got a great chance if we you know get a bit more timid again like we did the first heart uh, the first leg and let let Exeter play they're another Good football inside people like Randall Williams they can eat the pitch up, very good, skillful you players. Know, we've got to go, a we've to be got s- go healthy s- lever again, I think. Simple as that. There's a lot to
5: be said for experience as well, isn't there? You know, I mean Curl's been here before. Um he's he's lost it, he's lost it in a playoff final before as well. You know, he wants a promotion.
2: Yeah. uh, you know, th- th- look, this is like I would say one of the best. Games last night that I've seen for a long time, and one of the best Cobblers performances. So whatever happens now, it's been a, a really strong season. And during this terrible pandemic, it has been a, a nice diversion and a, a ray of light for all us Northampton fans. So it's nice for everyone today to be in a really good mood and just look forward to the, the game on Monday. Nah, couldn't agree more.
1: Definitely, definitely. It's uh, yeah, these are these are rare moments. Very rare. You know, they lift your spirits out of the doldrums in such a spectacular way. And um, yeah, with everything else going on in the world, boy, it makes you appreciate football.
2: The highs with poplars Poplar's are always sweeter, aren't they? Because we've been through so many lows. When you get a high, it's the most purest high, I think, in sporting terms. And if we can do it on Monday, that high, is even with a socially distanced cup final and no fans there probably, it's going to be a beautiful thing, but we'll we'll,
3: well you probably have to confront your own selfishness, or I have during um during this because I mean what <laughs> you thinking what what a night to be a part of? Of course we are, but not in the same way. You know, it's the new yeah. normal football style, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we're we're slowly getting used to that to an extent. Hopefully, it won't go on much longer. When we're back in the stadiums. They're talking about September getting the fans in, but one last hurrah for the end of this season and. Yeah. let's let's meet up before the you know let's do a podcast before before the final preview it and um you know just stretch this good season out a little bit longer it's sort of yeah, you see i'm more. not
3: i'm not even sure you guys are actually real still I'm sure <laughs> yeah you
2: know.
3: do you know yeah. what i mean
2: yeah we're just we apparitions.
3: <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean you've got there are voices. You got a Twitter account, but you know, you, I don't know. You might be deep fakes. You know. I, can't, I, can't. I was watching. I was watching both games yesterday. I don't know if it was our
5: game or the X Which game. Which one? one oh, yeah. I, I don't think, but one of the cardboard cutouts actually got taken out. Uh, oh, I
1: think it was in our in hours, I think one of their players took two down. <laughs> it really
5: did. Like they, they were playing Guess Who. right? <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> exactly. Jen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need really? to drop off. I've got a really dull work call to jump on yeah, for other, Needs to go. Car.
2: So let's. All let's, right, uh, Cheers, everyone.
1: Shoot. I hope we've got another one like this in a week's time. Absolutely.
2: Great stuff. Take care, Martin. Brilliant. Cheers, guys.